I mean, like literally you've got daily prompts, you have templates for us to throw the content into. It is as applicable, like as practical as it could be. You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. Hey there, listener. Thanks so much for tuning in to Small Minded this week. Today, we're digging into... MKM Social School. MKM is Molly Knuth Media, which is my day job outside of this podcast. It's where we at Molly Knuth Media help small town, small businesses market themselves better online. Now, a majority of our business does go through social media account management. So we are actually posting, creating content, and analyzing insights on behalf of our clients. But just in the last year, we have also added in this MKM Social School option, which is a 12-week each quarter program. Uh, So we have Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, and each month has a different focus. So in this most recent iteration of Social School, in October, we focused on what's working on Facebook. In November, we focused on what is working on Instagram. And in December, we focused on selling using storytelling. So we have a variety of business owners. We have veterinarians, we have dental practices, we have bloggers, we have product-based businesses, bakeries, photographers, a whole array of small town, small business owners that I'm pretty sure you will find yourself identifying with one of these types of businesses as we go forward in today's episode. But not just to shamelessly plug social school did I put this episode together. I mean. Honestly, I wanted you to hear about how awesome it is, but I wanted you to hear the awesome business owners who are part of this because no group is successful unless it has amazing people and peers and collaborators, in my case, students within it so that you have the ability to share without feeling like you're going to be judged, like having the courage to try things and get feedback. And the people in this group have been so willing to put themselves out there and ask questions to help one another as we've gone through these past 12 weeks. And I wanted to take an opportunity for these business owners to share a little bit about themselves and what they've learned along the way and how social media has helped them. And we're not just going to sing praises. We're also going to talk about some of the downfalls of being a small business owner and managing social media in real time. So today we have four social school students on the agenda. We have Melanie from Rice Auction Company. We have Alex from Sainert's Bakery. We have Michelle from JL Entertainment Designs. And we have Angie from Balltown Bits. Each business represents a different industry, which I think is so fun. We're going to have an auction and real estate company. We've got a bakery on here. We've got an audiovisual installation service. And we've got just a whole variety of ways that they've used social media to help grow their business. And the cool thing about it too is that they're from all over the place. Angie is pretty close to me, not too far away in Balltown, Iowa, but Michelle is all the way in Pennsylvania. 
Alex is in Nebraska. Mel is in Southwest Iowa. So it's not just localized businesses to my location. We've been able to bring business owners together from all across the United States. And it's been so fun to see how they interact with one another. And I know that you're going to be inspired and uplifted by the stories they tell. So without further ado, let's get into our MKM Social School panel of students this week on Small Minded. Sugar cookies, adult beverages, and potatoes. Oh my! (laughs) Not to mention hash brown casserole, baked potatoes, green bean casserole, stuffing, all those foods that I love. In my 20s, I thought the time between Thanksgiving and New Year were for two things. One, indulging on the weekends, and then two, limiting my caloric intake throughout the week. Then I would flip the calendar to the new year and I'd plan to lose all that weight that I had gained and really get my life, air quotes, on track. Not surprisingly, that didn't work. (laughs) It was only when I learned about proper nutrition from my fitness coach, Erica Hermsen, that I was finally able to work with my body during the holiday season. And shocker, it didn't involve indulging or restricting, just balancing. Coach Erica's weekly grocery lists, meal plans, and delicious healthy recipes help me balance my macros, aka those carbs, proteins, and fats that we get with our meals, so that I can stay on track with my goals while eating foods that don't make me feel like I'm on a diet. What I love about Erica's programs is that the nutrition education and recipes come alongside daily live workouts and access to her app that holds 1,000 plus pre-recorded workouts. So whether you like lifting weights or running on the treadmill, seven-minute booty burners, or 50-minute sweat sessions, you can find something that you are interested in that fits your unique schedule. And in addition... You are surrounded in support by Erica, her team of coaches, and 600 plus other women who work with you and alongside you, cheering you along as you reach for your goals. If you want to experience the Sweat Inspire Sisterhood community this season, head to sweatinspiresisterhood.com slash small-minded to get started with her seven-day free trial and get all access to her sisterhood membership for free. You'll also get added to her email list that has weekly exclusive freebies, and you'll get information about her upcoming Drop 10 Success School program. This program only runs twice per year, but it helps you learn about nutrition and lose 10 pounds or 10 inches in just 12 weeks. Trust me, it works, and the next round starts on January 3rd, 2022, right after the new year. Again, that's sweat inspiresisterhood.com slash small-minded for seven days of workouts, healthy recipes, encouragement, motivation, friendship, and fitness at absolutely no cost to you. Sweatinspiresisterhood.com slash small-minded. If you'd like to hear a little bit more about Coach Erica's story, head to episode 27 of the Small-Minded Podcast for our exclusive interview with Erica. I am so excited to have my new friend, Alex Ambries of Sainert's Bakery. Got it right? You got it. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited to have her here. So Alex, welcome. And thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Yeah. Thanks, Molly. Thanks for asking for us to be on. 
Um, I'm going to let Alex go ahead and introduce herself. She and I just got introduced like a couple months ago. So I'm so excited. I've heard a little bit of her story, but I'm going to let her introduce who they are, where they are, and how they came to be a part of this decades old bakery. Yeah, it is a fun story that I could talk for a very long time on. So we'll try and keep it short and sweet for the sake of of this episode. But uh, my name is Alex Ambrose. My husband, Andrew, and I, and our two little guys, Xander, who was three, and Isaiah, who was one, um, moved to McCook, Nebraska back in August of 2021. We, as of August 1st, are the proud new owners of St. Ernst Bakery and Virac Cafe here in Southwest Nebraska. We're about halfway between Denver and Omaha, um, if you're looking for us on the map. So um, St. Ernst, as you mentioned, is a decades-old bakery. So it's about 65 years old here in McCook. It actually dates 500 years back to Erfurt, Germany. Um, oh which my gosh, is I did not know that. So crazy. Um, so it's a multi-generation family business, but we are not actually blood related to the family. So the St. Ernst family has owned it for generations, and we're just feeling really blessed to be able to be part of the St. Ernst story as far as the kind of short story and how we got to become owners was we got to be really close with Matt, who's the previous owner. When we lived in McCook right after we got married, um, my husband was director of economic development. So got to know all the business owners really well. And we just fell in love with the bakery. Um, I worked virtually for the last eight years before it was cool um, <laughs> for my full-time job. And so I would work for the bakery and just uh, the community, like the heart of the community that it is, we recognize and uh, at that point, I had no idea that we'd ever be a part of it, but just really loved um, being in, in the bakery. And so we had our first son and then moved away from the cook to be closer to family. Um, and then back in February, Matt, the previous owner, had reached out and asked if we wanted to buy the bakery. And we're like, uh, I don't know. The answer isn't no, but it's not yes. Um, so let's talk about it. And really, he's like in his mid to late 50s, so not very old, but he's the head baker and the business owner. Um, and he was just recognizing that he was letting a few things slip. So he'd be like, I'd love to stay baking, but would love someone who understands the tradition and will honor that, but also look for the innovation to move forward and bring this bakery into the next generation. So six months later, we find ourselves here. As far as like specs on the bakery, we really pride ourselves in using local ingredients. So the wheat for all the flour is grown in Southwest Nebraska. We take it 40 miles up the road to be milled in Juanita, Nebraska. It comes back to us and we make donuts, um, breads. We turn that bread into sandwiches for our lunch cafe concepts. We like soup salad sandwiches. Um, we make wholesale pizza crusts, sell those at the back door to distributors that then distribute it to the restaurants in the Midwest. We make burocs, which are very similar to another sandwich of a Midwest fast food chain. I won't say the name, but uh, it's beef, cabbage, or kraut and then wrapped in our homemade bundo. And we actually won a James Beard Award for that back in 2019, which is like the Oscars of the food world, if people aren't familiar with that. Um, and then we do catering and have a live concert series in the fall. So that was not a short answer. I'm like, as I'm getting through all of it, but that's the gist. Oh my gosh. Okay. This warrants a whole episode. So <laughs> listeners, stay tuned. We're going to bring her back because this is like, my mind was blown. Like, I was like, I know she owns this bakery. I know that you came about it like in like non-familial way. And yeah. I was like, this will be interesting, but you just blew my mind with some of those facts. That's awesome. Um, it is a story that I don't think we even realize. like, we're still trying to figure it all out, which, which is fun. But that's really cool. Like you can hear the passion in your voice when you talk about mm -hmm. it. And I love that 
the former owner could recognize that in you and find someone who could, like you said, honor the tradition, but also look ahead and say, how can we continue this for another 500? Like that is really, really cool. So and we have no food service experience. So that is an <laughs> element of this, which makes no sense, but it is, uh, we love the community and love just all that CNRC and for. So we're feeling really lucky to be part of it. And thankful like Matt and his wife, Shelly, and their family is still involved. All the current staff stayed on. Uh, our general managers are rockstar and keeps us moving. So that is so awesome. Okay. Listener, we're going to bring her back and we're going to have like a full rundown of this, but oh, this is really cool. So, all right this is going to be like the worst segue in the world, but okay. Like now let's talk about social school. No, I, I, that's the reason I'm here. I am a huge Molly fan. I remember rambling on Instagram stories about the September social school without even being asked. So hopefully you didn't feel like it. That was amazing. (laughs) So, okay. How did you come about wanting to join something like social school? You, like you just said, you joined the September social school. That was only the four week session first. And then when it came to the 12 week session, you signed up right away, I think. And why did you sign up? And what were you looking to get out of a program like this? So I remember in August, I think you were maybe teasing something like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing something where it would be kind of like a membership and really hands-on. And I remember, I think I voice messaged you. That was the first time that I'd ever connected with you one-on-one, but I was like, we just bought a bakery. We're trying to figure out the social media. Like they have accounts, but they haven't been doing a ton outside of like kind of posting daily donuts, which it's fine, but there's so much story here to be told. And so I had a side hustle a couple of years ago in which I'd attended like a week long Instagram retreat. It was like four digits to spend. Like it was a, it was a significant investment and it was, it was great, but it was very like discovery, big picture, like audience and um, like very kind of up in the air. It was helpful, but it like not, not on a specific level, maybe? Yes, yes. Not practical and definitely not geared towards small towns. Um, McCook is a town of 8,000. So I mean, it's not small. I grew up in a town of 500, so that is small. Um, <laughs> but it's definitely got the small town feel. And so um, when I saw what you were pitching with social school, I just recognized that like this seems so applicable. This seems like something, whatever I'm learning that day, I can then implement it. Um, and it's got that small town focus. So I was, we've just been so thankful for, I mean, like literally you've got daily prompts, you have templates for us to throw the content into. It is as applicable, like as practical as it could be. And it's very, very appreciated from a small business owner. (laughs) Well, I'm glad to hear all that because that's what I was hoping for. Like, I know that people in small towns, like you guys, you're, you're running a business, you've got children, you're doing life you know, so you don't have time to try to go to these thousands of dollar events that are days long. Like you just need something that you can almost like plug and play. And so I'm glad that it's working in that regards that it was intended. So I'm so glad to hear that it's working like that for you guys. And I love, cause I just did an audit of your pages last week. And like, we were just looking at, I looked at your Facebook and at your Instagram, and it was really interesting to see like over on Facebook, like your daily donuts pictures and stuff. Like those are still just like rocking. People are loving that stuff. How many people just like, will like a donut picture, but like, we've got that local loyal following and folks that like you're up here and these donuts are just like, that's what they remember. They're part of their history. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's bringing that story together over on Instagram 
And that's what people are responding to on Instagram, those story-based posts with your photos, with like the hands and the dough and stuff like that. And little kids enjoying a treat. Like, and so it's really fun to be able to see like what you've learned and applying it. And now we're to the degree of, okay, we can find trends, we can find themes so that we can make a bigger impact now that we've got this baseline data so that you guys can be the most effective with what you're doing going forward. Right. Well, I remember, I mean, what not that I remember after what or listening through the audit that you've recorded and sent, um, it has been so helpful over the last few days. Like I will post the same content on both platforms as far as text, but then the first photo, like if I want to do a product, if it's a product photo and a person photo um, on Instagram, like I'll post the person photo first and they can swipe through and see the product or on Facebook, I'll be sure that the first couple have products and then maybe further on um, is when we show up with the people. And so I would have never taken the time to sit and think about like, which, which kind of photo makes sense on which platform. Um, but that was so helpful. And again, just very practical, very applicable. Awesome. Yes. So, awesome. okay. So I think you've talked about the successes that you've seen. Have there been any challenges along the way in this 12 week course? Yeah, I think, um, the biggest challenge for me just in the last month has been like, there's been some really great prompts in November. We had to really ramp up like product sales because we did start with shipping our holiday boxes in early November. And so there were so many great content prompts in November. I was like, oh, I wish we could be taking, and we, I mean, we could be posting multiple times a day, but had to prioritize like getting some product pieces out. Mm-hmm. And so the nice thing is though, is like the content prompts can be used at any point. And so we'll use those when we don't have to be posting about products all the time and after the new year. So it's definitely usable, but I'm like, oh man, there's such good ones that I would love to be. Uh, love to be tracking just to kind of like compare what works and what doesn't mm-hmm. as far as like the stories and um, those pieces, but not, not that large of a challenge by any means. Oh, it's a good, it's a good I, lo- challenge to have. I like hearing that though. Cause I like to know somebody else reached out to me and they're like, maybe for next time you do this quarter four, they're like, it might be helpful to have some of those more like product based, like to ramp up to the black yeah. Friday weekend. I'm like, you know, that makes a lot of sense. And I don't know why I didn't think of it the first time, but having that feedback from the planning perspective is very constructive. So thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. You are so welcome. It's, it's a first stab with everything, like <laughs> learning as we go. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Just like, I think I read one time it was like an entrepreneur is like building an airplane as it's crashing. And I'm like, I feel like that most days, like just right. figuring this out as I go, but right. it sounds like I'm in good company. A lot of other entrepreneurs are that way too. Amen. <laughs> Alex, what specific questions do you have that you would like to talk about today? Yeah, I think the biggest question, the biggest struggle that I've been wrestling with is thinking about how to balance. So up until last year, they the bakery didn't do any shipping. Last holiday season was our first time that we shipped anything. And so um, we're ramping up, obviously, shipping holiday boxes now. And then in January, look to ship some of our frozen products if we can kind of uh, figure out the packaging there. What I'm struggling with is balancing. Um, catering to which audience. So if I think about the locals and wanting to be sure that we're still serving them with updates on what's going on, but then also thinking about how we're playing to folks that would be interested in the shipping. So would love any wisdom that you have there. I think this is very smart to be thinking in this way. You're thinking big and thinking about how that's going to impact your strategy and what steps you need to take. So I think you're right on track with that. So historically in the clients that I've worked with, Facebook is very, very good for the local market. Like your organic posts over on Facebook are going to hit home with your locals. Just like you said, 
with those daily donut pictures, it's because people who are local, they grew up with this. They've had that donut and they just like, it's a piece of their nostalgia and nostalgia plays so well on Facebook. And so Facebook is going to be really popular for your local audience. Over on Instagram, we have the advantage of being able to utilize hashtags Mm -hmm. And to really use that to help you get a bigger base as far as maybe taking your products, your frozen products national. So I would say continue to cater to your locals over on Facebook. And then I would work on growing that shipping aspect over on Instagram through things like where you're tagging for a location for your, um, for your post location. And then figuring out hashtags and hashtag categories that will help you get some more reach across the nation. Once you're kind of figuring that out, I do think if you want to like expedite that process, it might be worth looking into some Facebook ads, some ongoing Facebook ads so that you can continue over on Facebook with that organic targeting and play up that local connection. And then if you have just some ads running in the background, on Facebook, your local market doesn't need to be like seeing that if they're not interested in it, but you're still utilizing the data that Facebook offers as a business owner. And you can get in front of people who are interested in your products. That is brilliant. Yep. That makes total sense. And that's like, I feel like you've unlocked level two, if you will, like the first stage is like trying things out and figuring what works. And like we talked about a little bit ago, finding those trends and themes. And then once you've got that, then you've unlocked level two and now you can maximize and use ads or your email list or your website and really retarget folks. So I think you're in level two of social media marketing. Yes. Well, I, you mentioned emails. I'm very excited for the next quarter or semester or whatever at social school. Cause I think maybe emails are on that lineup. And that is an area that like, we're just trying to get into, but I'm like, I don't know. And I've heard that from a lot of people. I think there was one other person on this, um, that's going to be on this episode. We had a conversation and she's very interested in email as well. So yes, it's definitely going to be in quarter one social school. I'm not sure if, I think it's February that I have it staged up, but yeah, it's going to be a good one. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Alex. I really appreciate you sharing a snippet of your story today, but like I said, we're going to bring you back because this is really fun. And then, um, yeah, thanks so much for being willing to do this and share your perspective with listeners today. You bet. Thanks for having and for all you're doing for small business owners. Ah, welcome Michelle to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Well, thanks so much for having me, Molly. It's great. Uh, Michelle and I go way back. (laughs) She is one of my first like students in some of the first programs and courses that we offered. So I'm so happy to have you here and sharing a little bit about what you guys do and a little bit about social school. So why don't I let you go ahead, introduce yourself, where you're from and what you do. Sure. Um, So I am from Exton, Pennsylvania, uh, East Coast girl. I know a lot of your clients are based closer to you. So it's been fun. I've been on the East side representing uh, the East side, Uh, but JL Entertainment Designs, we sell and install all kinds of audio video equipment from installation of TVs, surround sound, music systems, home automation, Wi-Fi. Um, we support residential, commercial, and hospitality clients. And as I like to say, we get to do all the fun stuff. Oh my gosh. It's no secret. I love working with service providers and being able to see the work that you guys do are some of my favorite posts to like keep an eye out for. Like 
your hospitality clients when you were installing like TVs and sound systems in restaurants. And I remember you worked at like a childcare center and that won you an award in your area and yeah. seeing the work that you guys do is just so incredible. I love your updates. Oh, thank you. So what made you guys decide to get started in this industry? Like, was there something that gave you this idea to start with audiovisual? Sure. Was there anything in particular or just tell it us a little really, bit about that? Sure. It, it really goes back to um, it being my husband, Joe's hobby. Um, it started when he was younger um, as a kid, just being interested in, in that kind of electrical and all of that kind of stuff. And then he'd work on friends' car stereos in high school and in the Navy, he was doing the electrical side of things. And then it just started from there. So a friend refers a friend, he did a TV, hey, you should really think about doing this. And, you know, we talked about it, he went forth with it and it's just grown and grown. So we're really very blessed. Yeah. I think a couple of years ago when we first kind of crossed paths, it was Joe was doing the majority of the work. You were helping with some of the admin stuff. And I, you might've had one other installer on the team, but you guys have grown in the years since. Yes, definitely. We have uh, a whole other team out there now. And of course we're looking to hire more to get another team out there. That's been a little challenging, but um, we'll get there. It's fun. I loved seeing your growth. Okay. So Let's talk a little bit about why you joined social school this fall. What made you decide, okay, I'm going to sign up for this 12-week program with Molly Knuth Media, and what were some of the things you were hoping to accomplish from that? Sure. Well, it was really a no-brainer. Um, the one thing, it's just so reasonably priced. Um, so it's like, why not have this tool in my back pocket to use when it's so reasonable? It, it just makes sense. but. As you mentioned before, I've been following you for quite a few years now, and you've really just helped me realize how important it is to tell a story. I used to uh, be very conscious of, I don't want to post too much. I don't want to annoy people. Um, And then I'd be like, I feel like I don't have much to post sometimes. Um, Of course, we have these great pictures of projects and, and things, but you've helped me realize about telling a story that it's really important. There's so much you can share that clients really are and potential clients really interested in, in learning. So it just really made a lot of sense to join. And that's something that I noted about your growth as well over the years and in social school too. But I remember our conversations when we first crossed paths and you're like, but I don't know just what you said. I don't know if I have anything interesting to share. And I was like, Michelle, you guys have so many cool things. And like, We talked about even sharing about universal remotes. I remember was one thing we talked about once and then, yeah, to see these projects unfold and your pictures and video updates from that. And I love seeing like you have a big giveaway going on right now. And it has been fun to see your evolution and the stories you share from the beginning of a project or what a client needs all the way through to completion, as well as your community updates and what's happening in the Exton area. And yeah, you have done a great job in adding in those stories for your clients and customers. I think it's been great. Oh, thank you so much. Well, thank you for showing me over the years, um, really what can be shared. And there's just little tricks and tips that you give that 
oh, maybe it's just adding in six pictures instead of three, because that makes people click into it. It's just small things like that, that just help you get more reach and engagement in your posts. Love to hear that. Um, Okay. So for people who might be listening and they're unsure about if social media or sorry, social school would be Mm -hmm. a good fit for them. What were some of the successes that you've seen from this program or some of the perks that you've noticed from social school in particular? And what were some of the challenges that you faced just so we can like be totally honest and transparent with listeners? Sure. Um, I mean, successes is just getting me back on track. There's, you know, with being a small business owner, I mean, I'd love it if I could be a full-time marketer. I mean, I enjoy it. But when you're a small business owner, you have your hat in so many different, you know, you're so many different things. So, you know, I'm taking care of all the finances, the billing, the sketch. There's just so many things. So sometimes when I just don't have time, I've been able to use some of your pieces without having to put as much thought into it, which when you're really busy, that's just helpful. And from a challenge standpoint, when you are that busy, sometimes you just, it can be a lot, but the nice thing about it is, is you can go back to it um, whenever you want. We can't get down when we think, oh, we haven't done it for so long. You know, you just jump back in with no problem. so happy to hear that. Cause yeah, that was one of the big things that I wanted to get to, especially in this time of the year. Cause I know that there's just so many things during this holiday season that small business owners and parents like yourself are trying to keep up with. And mm-hmm. something I heard time and again, from business owners is like, I haven't posted in so long, but I don't know what to post. I don't know how to get back into it. And so we've just been drilling into everybody. Like you're going to have all this information at your disposal when you're ready for it. And then you just pick up wherever you're at and just get going with where we are now. And it doesn't matter if it's been two weeks that you've had to take a break or it's been two days, like we've got you set up and supported for that. So I'm glad to hear that. Yes. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. I really appreciate your time. And I love that you could share the East coast perspective. You were one of the first people I had to like make the distinction, like central time, Eastern time. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I really appreciate your support over the years. And I was so glad to see you sign up for social school. So thank you for everything. You're very welcome. Thanks you for all you do. What are your goals for 2022 in your business? Do your goals include increasing sales? How about improving customer service? Starting an email list? launching that new idea, or maybe finally understanding social media algorithms. Friends, you are not alone. Molly Knuth Media's signature marketing education program for small town, small business owners is relaunching in January, 2022 to help you reach your goals next year. We'll work together for 12 weeks to better understand marketing for your business how to market your services and products across a variety of digital platforms, and the tools and resources that you'll need to help make this process more efficient and more effective. If you'd like to be the first to know about our winter MKM social school details, be sure to get on our waitlist at tinyurl.com slash mkmsocialschool. 
Again, that's tinyurl.com slash mkmsocialschool to be the first to know the details for the Winter MKM Social School. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the podcast, Angie. Hi, Molly. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here. Um, Angie (laughs) has been someone that I've worked with for a couple of years now, just through various different programs and different things that are going on. Now we're in Empower Her together. But I was so excited to see when Angie signed up for the fall social school. So I'm going to just like, without further ado, let Angie go ahead, introduce yourself, tell us about your business, why you started it and all the good things. Thank you so much again for having me. My name is Angie Sigworth and I own Balltown Bits. Um, I live outside of Balltown with my husband, Jerry. We have a little farm and I have a son who's in Cedar Rapids. So he's recently moved out. So I have a little more spare time on my hands, but I started Balltown Bits almost eight years ago now. And my husband very much encouraged me to do it. I've kind of always done a lot of things for myself. And then I had posted a few things, you know, eight years ago when Facebook was not that it wasn't a big thing, but it wasn't as huge as it is now. And so I had posted a few things and I had some response and my husband said, you need to do this. So I started a Facebook page (laughs) and came up with a name and then started the Facebook page. And it was very scary, but it put me out there and got me going. So I repurpose furniture and repaint furniture, um, home design, interior design, help pick out paint colors, do a little wall painting, anything to make your house pretty. And you are so good at it. I love seeing Angie has done a great job of not only on Facebook, now you have Instagram as well. And I love seeing your stories and you share the behind the scenes. And like we were just talking before the call about like, decorating for Christmas for a local fairgrounds and putting together, like taking everything from boxes to then the finished product and giving tips along the way. You do such a great job of that. And I love following you. Thank you. And that's because of you, because I remember when, let's see, I probably took your Instagram Academy. Was that last fall? Yeah. It seems like longer ago than that, but I think (laughs) it was just 2020, wasn't it? Fall 2020. So I took that. So I had, I had known Facebook and I don't know, maybe I'm jumping ahead here, but I had known Facebook. I had done a lot of Facebook for the Dubuque County Fairgrounds years ago and had continued to do it, but obviously things change a lot. And then um, I hadn't done a lot on Instagram, but your Instagram Academy really pushed me to do that. And doing stories, I'm not into the camera at all. <laughs> whether it's photos or videos or whatever. So when you kept saying you need to do stories, you need to get your face out there. It was, it was a challenge for me, but the more I did it, the better, the easier it was for me to do. Oh, and you're really good at it now. And you're busy, like full roster, full books, things to do for like weeks on end. Right. Yes. I'm actually booking about six months out right now. And Six months. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. It's great. It's overwhelming, but it's great. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. Okay. So let's get back to the point that we brought you on. So no, no, I was just, I love having conversations, but I know I want to respect your time. So what made you decide that you wanted to try out 
social school? What was it that kind of interested you? And what were some of the goals that you were looking to achieve with this program? Again, going back to Instagram Academy, I learned a lot of that. And I know that things are constantly changing on Facebook and Instagram. So it's hard to keep up with that. And you're very good at leading us through those changes and helping us see what our next steps are to better ourselves and better our Facebook and Instagram accounts. I also love the networking. It's so good among the group. And I, you know, everybody's there for a common goal because we're all small business owners or, you know, small business managers of social media. And we want to get our businesses out there. And when we all come together, it's just awesome. And, you know, you might click with a couple of people in that group and suddenly you've made a connection and you've got more work and you can help them or they can help you in some way. And that's, that's probably one of my favorite things. Not that I don't love listening to you because I really do. You always have (laughs) such, such good tips and tricks and all of that, but that's one of the really good things about it. And I told you when I started this fall, I'm crazy busy. So I, I don't want to necessarily post every day and keep saying, oh, if you need more work or if you're looking for to work with me, reach out. But I wanted to be in it for the networking part of it. Yeah. And I think that this group was, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that is a really great, like, residual effect. Like it's not the main focus, but you do meet really cool people. And I know that there were some people kind of in your line of work that Mm -hmm. were in this group too. And you guys have been able to connect, which is really awesome. Right. For sure. I mean, there were a couple of girls, I think in North English, which is a long ways away. And I thought, oh, maybe I could go visit them, but it's great just to, like you said, meet people in your line of work because there aren't a lot of those around here and to make those connections and that kind of thing is awesome. Awesome. Okay. So what have been some of the successes that you've seen during the past few weeks of social school and what have been some of the challenging aspects of it? We want to hear both sides. (laughs) So one of my successes, I just happened to look, I have over 500 followers now, which I know is huge, but I remember when I started Instagram Academy, I think I was hoping for a (laughs) hundred. So I think so. Yep. I remember that. (laughs) And I know 500 isn't huge, but It's pretty big for me because I don't really promote myself other than the posts and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's big. Um, I've done a few reels. Yay! (laughs) Still working on those. That's always something that is ever evolving and I'm learning how to make those better. And let's see, I would say challenges. Of course, it's never enough time. I don't have the time to sit down and make my posts like I should, but you're very good about saying, do what you can do, what works for you and that kind of thing. But that's always a challenge is the time part of it. And I'm glad you brought that up because there is a time commitment involved to social school just because of the way we have it structured and there's videos and trainings so that people in the group can understand how to do things. And I go through it step-by-step with them. So there is some time involved, but when you are in it, like you said, at the beginning, you knew that what you wanted coming into it was not necessarily to recruit a whole bunch more business because you were full, but you wanted to come into this, just keeping up on any changes, being able to network with other small business owners. So when you're in this place like that, 
as a business owner, you can't be like marketing yourself and recruiting new business because how are you going to fulfill that? There's no way you can serve your customers and clients. So I'm really glad that you brought that up because there are benefits to this program for everybody. But if you are books full, like Angie, your goals are going to be different. Your time commitment might be different and your outcomes will be a little bit different too. Right. For sure. And, you know, even though I haven't followed your calendar prompts, I have them now. So, you know, if for some reason I decide not to do your next social school, which I haven't decided yet, but I'm hoping to (laughs) just because of the networking again, but if not, then I have those, you Mm -hmm. know, there's something I can pick up at any time and use. Yes. A hundred percent. And yeah, the calendar prompts, the trainings, all of that will be accessible. So perfect. Right. Yep. Okay. What else do you want to chat about today, Angie? Is there something that you were wondering specifically about marketing or moving forward that you would like to address? I guess, and we've talked about this before too. I think part of it is that I don't know how to always label myself because I repurpose furniture. I repaint furniture. I do interior design. So it's hard when I'm in a group and people ask, well, what is Balltown Bits? (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. so hard to bring it to one or two things or words to describe me. And maybe I don't need that, but that's just one thing I really struggle with. And I know we've had this conversation. Right. We've talked about it a lot. (laughs) And what if, and so, yeah. And when we've talked about it, we haven't like come to a conclusion because it is, it's pretty open-ended and you are just like a jack of all trades and handy and you can do so many things. And And that's what I like too. I don't mm want to be the one just doing, just painting dressers for the rest mm-hmm. of my days. I don't want to just repurpose furniture. You know, I want to do interior design. I want to do some wall painting, but I don't want to do all wall painting. So it's hard you to have some variety. Yeah. Right. Right. So what if it was like, what if instead of trying to label yourself with something specific that you do, What if it's more labeling yourself for like a feeling you create for your clients? So making your home cozy or making your home reflect you or something like that. And then in your Instagram bio or your Facebook about section or anywhere that you market yourself, you can list out the specific things you do, but maybe instead of calling yourself like a furniture repurposer, maybe it's like a home cozifier. That's not a word, (laughs) but something, maybe it's more like that. Maybe that's why we haven't been able to nail down a specific label. Right. And I like to do things that are functional for people too. So I don't know how to incorporate both of those, but I'll have to think about that. And design in your home or Cause I feel like we need to bring in your creative side too, because you do have right. such creative ideas and color. When I think of you, I think of like color and I think <laughs> of, yeah. So if people haven't followed you before, Angie does some amazing things with furniture. She also does like board and batten walls. One of my favorite projects you've done is like uh, whitewashing uh, an older fireplace and yep. just making it look fresh and new. And so I feel like we need to bring like, breathing new life into your home or freshening Mm -hmm. up your home decor. And I don't know, I think maybe we go that direction and do some thinking that way, instead of trying to give you a label via the tasks you complete. Right. Yeah. I'll have to think about that. Yeah. Any other questions today, Angie? Um, not that I can think of. 
Okay. Well, I really appreciate your time and sharing your experience in social school and Instagram Academy and all the good (laughs) things. So I thank you so, so much. No problem. Thanks for having me, Molly. I am so excited to welcome Melanie Rice of Rice Auction Company to the podcast. Thanks so much for being here, Mel. Hi, thank you for having us. I have had the honor of working with Melanie and her business out in Western Iowa. I was going to say out in Iowa. I'm in Iowa too, but in Western Iowa, they're on the opposite coast. Um, but we worked together a couple of times this year and I was so excited to see her sign up for the fall social school session. So Mel, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Rice Auction, what you guys do, who you help and why it got started. Well, Rice Auction Company is a full service auction company. Uh, We're located, as you said, in Southern Southwest Iowa. Uh, My husband's also a licensed real estate agent. So we have the ability to not only you know, do our equipment, farm equipment is kind of our, our forte, obviously where we live in Iowa makes sense, but also the part of Iowa we're in is heavily agricultural. And so we kind of focus on farm equipment sales, construction equipment, trucks, trailers, either through live or online auctions. And then, as I mentioned earlier, my husband, Jake is a licensed real estate agent in the state of Iowa. So in addition to auctioning off farmland, he also has the ability to list farmland. And rules are kind of different and interesting there for listing versus auctions. And there's a lot of gray areas, but by him having a real estate license, we have a lot of different options there as well. So uh, that's kind of us in a nutshell. We started the business uh, a little over five and a half years ago, um, basically because my husband wanted to be home and watch our son grow up. We both at that point in time were working uh, sales jobs that required us to be on the road a lot. And he didn't want to do that. And so, yeah, he quit his job two weeks before we had our son, which was, you know, sounded really funny at the time, but it worked out really well and fully launched Rice Auction Company then, even though, I mean, he's been an auctioneer for more than 20 years. He's done this full time for, you know, off and on in that 20 years as well. So it wasn't something that was foreign or new to him. It was just actually using the skills that he's learned over the past 20 plus years for his own benefit versus working for somebody else. And you bring some marketing expertise anyway, right? That's the component you bring in. Yes. So I, my role within Rice Auction Company is uh, interesting. I I do a lot of the clerical secretary work um, type stuff. And then, yes, I have a marketing background. I worked in corporate marketing communications, uh, well, since kind of graduation from college. So a few years ago. And uh, I've had an advertising agency background as well. And today I, I do have a quote unquote off farm job as well. So Rice Auction Company is kind of a side gig for me currently, but it's nice to have a passion for what you're doing. And I think all of us as marketers have been in that situation where you feel like the work you do for those clients that you're super, super passionate about or a topic you're super passionate about is always more successful. And that's kind of where I feel like I end up with Rice Auction Company a lot of times. Oh yeah. You are very, very skilled in what you do. And I love seeing what you do, but yeah, like you said, sometimes it's a matter of like thinking outside the box about your own business. Cause there's been numerous business owners in addition to yourself that I've talked to. And it's like, what do we talk about? And it sometimes just takes that outside perspective to say, look at the cool things you're doing each day. And like, just reminding you of, oh yeah, we do do this in a unique approach. And that's what we can share. 
Yeah, and I think you and I talked about this back in the spring when we first met, which, you know, I, I feel very confident that I could market anybody else's businesses and anybody else's products as long as I understood who they were and who the target audience was. But then when it came time to talk about us, you know, I all those things flipped in my head that all my clients have told me for years of, oh, well, nobody cares about that or that's not interesting enough or whatever the situation was. So for me to be able to have some of those conversations with you and then also with the curriculum guides month by month of different topic ideas, it was really cool for me to be able to stop and think about our business in that way and then figure out, okay, does that fit our brand? Because, you know, that, that is part of it too. And you and I've talked about that as well. You know, just because you sign up for a social school and there's some really cool elements that are involved, you know, we're more on, on a professional services level versus say a retail store where they may be able to have a little more fun with things from time to time. And we have to say a little more, I don't want to say serious, but a little more on that professional side. So, you know, it's been nice for me to be able to incorporate some of those things that work for us, quote unquote, um, in our brand. Yeah. Because sometimes when we're talking about things like your black Friday offer, it's like, well, that's not exactly applicable. So what else can we share, make exciting in this space instead? Absolutely. And I think, you know, we kind of utilized a little of that with small business Saturday. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we obviously are a small business and we appreciate everybody's support, but we didn't have anything going on on Saturday. So instead we use that time to kind of help promote and talk about some of our local small businesses that we utilize or we shop at. Um, which was kind of nice to be able to do some shout outs for them as well. Oh, that's perfect. That is hundred percent. I love being able to use your platform for promoting other small businesses and area businesses too. Okay. So why did you decide we may have covered this a little bit, but what made you decide, okay, I am going to sign up for this 12 week social school. And then what were some of the successes you've seen and some of the challenges that presented themselves thus far? I think for me, the biggest reason I wanted to sign up for the social school was twofold. One was not only getting the content ideas that you share through your content calendars, because I, I do think that's very important for any business owner. You know, we, we all get stuck and I was, I was stuck this summer and I needed just something to help get us kickstarted again. And it was great to be able to have that content calendar just to start seeing that, that spiral or that snowball effect of our numbers coming back up through our social social channels, you know, you really encouraged me to do more video, which is something that we just, we have a lot of video. Obviously my husband's an auctioneer, so we have ample video, but we just never utilized it through our social channels. So being able to do that and having the courage, I think is the biggest part of it to do more of those videos on social, whether they were, you know, 30 seconds long or four minutes long. Yeah, that was really, really good for me to step out of my comfort zone and kind of think through and storyboard out some of those video ideas that we've had. And we've even stepped very, very so lightly into TikTok, which is kind of fun. Um, It's a little scary, but it's kind of fun. And um, I know you and I've talked and I saw through my hot seats, you know, really looking at those trending songs or trending music that would be a great opportunity for us. So I really think in 2022, that's something that we We'll try to make a really conscious effort of every few weeks trying to build on that TikTok following as well. Oh, that's awesome. Is there anything that you came across in the last few weeks that was a challenge as far as like any content types or the pacing or anything like that, that you would like to share with listeners that are maybe considering this? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think the biggest thing about the challenges are just being true to yourself. You know, you say that a lot in social school, but 
you know, reels, Instagram's not a huge thing for us. First and foremost, we're trying, but it's not a big emphasis. And, you know, as badly as I wanted to try and do some of the reels, and I'll be honest, I did a couple and then deleted them because they were atrocious. <laughs> um, but, you know, it just didn't fit our brand and it didn't fit what we were doing at that time. And so, you know, watching other people within the group do some really cool reels, there's a little bit of that jealousy factor involved because it was like, <laughs> oh man, look how cool that is. If only we were, and it's like, but we're not that. So don't worry about that part of it and really focus on, you know, what we can do and what we are doing. Um, you know, the Black Friday stuff, as you mentioned, and some of the holiday pre-selling stuff, obviously that really didn't affect us per se, but there were a lot of things on the October calendar that I didn't get to do because we had certain things that we already had planned out. So it was nice for me to go back and pull some of that content into November, whereas other people were talking about their big Black Friday sales or what they were getting ready for the holidays for. Oh, yes. I love that you just keep coming back to like being true to yourself. Cause yes, you and I have had this conversation several times about like Instagram might not be the best for like a farm implement auctioneer company, but I do think those people are on TikTok. So I liked your decision to go that route. And I think that when we look ahead to some of the content coming up in the remaining weeks of this fall session, I think it's teeing you guys up really well, because it'll be very applicable to your business. Yeah, I kind of started over the weekend looking into December and working on my December calendar and starting to piece some things together. And we're we're super busy in December, which is very good. I mean, we, we have a couple of big year-end auctions that we're working on, which will take up a lot of my content space. So again, some of that might fall to January, but you know, nothing's hard and fast. You know, nothing says I have to do it in December. So, you know, mm -hmm. I'm just kind of keeping some of those things in mind and my folder of all the different papers is getting a little crazy right now, but um, it's so nice to be able to go back and say, oh, I know there was something in October that I really wanted to do. So I've started kind of highlighting and circling some of those things that I want to repurpose later on as well. Oh, yes. Using what works for you when it works best and having that resource to come back to again and again. That's awesome. Absolutely. Okay. So with the time we have left, I know you had a question that you wanted to address. So why don't you pose your question and then we'll go through and talk about some ways that we can address it. We have, and you and I talked a little about this back in the spring, but one area that we've really, really think we need to be more proactive in and more active in, in general is email marketing. We have a pretty dynamic list. Um, unfortunately, I just don't know, you know, how much is too much, how much is not enough. You know, obviously I don't want to send every single weekly sale that we have to every single customer. You know, do I need to be able to create customer lists based on their preferences? I, I kind of, I guess I'm, I really want to get into it. We really think it's important for us in 2022 to be more proactive that way. I just, I, I don't know exactly how to get started doing it. And then I really want to make sure we're incorporating our social side with that. And you do such a great job with your emails. You send to us every day as your reminders and some of those things. So I'm kind of curious your thoughts and advice there. This is a great question because I know that, especially since the big Facebook and Instagram outage of October, like it's been at the forefront of a lot of people's mind thinking about what else could I be doing in the event that we have this social media catastrophe, which was fine, but just made us think about it a little more. Right. And like you said, you have a list going and you have people already on it. So it's like, what do we do to honor these people who've chosen to be on this list 
in a way that isn't going to like abuse the privilege of having them on our list, but also utilizing it in a way that facilitates the business that we do. Right. Absolutely. And you know, the whole Facebook outage was huge. And I think we have so many people that rely on our Facebook. You and I've talked about that. I tried to change some of our Facebook posting up to, you know, just make things differently. And people were calling going, Hey, do you not have anything selling next week? Which was great, (laughs) but I want to get them more driven to our website Mm -hmm. and let that be like the source of resource for them versus Facebook. So yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said. Yeah. So what I would recommend doing There's a lot of different email services that you can utilize. And I know we've talked about this before you and I, but just for the listeners, there's different ways that you can go about your emails. Obviously you can just have a list like in a spreadsheet that you add into Gmail or whatever outlook you use and put it on your email subscribers and send it off. Or you can use some different softwares like active campaign, Flowdesk, MailChimp. There's a whole bunch of them. So with some of these email providers, kind of like Melanie said, there are different ways that you can sort out the people on your list. So this is called Inflowdesk, which is the system that I use segmenting your audience. So certain people got on your list because like in my case, some people maybe bought a sweatshirt, but maybe they're not interested in my tips for creating a loom video or something. And then we've got other people who came on the list because they are a small business owner, but they're not so much interested in the t-shirts that I saw. So people have come to your list for different reasons. And by using that segmenting feature, that does help by like getting people the information that is the most applicable to them. And I know, like we said before we started recording, like you might have people who are John Deere lovers, or they really like Massey Ferguson's. And so you don't want to send them a listing for a cool John Deere combine if they're not going to buy it. And so segmenting might be your answer for that, but segmenting does take some time. And it does take some knowledge of your customer to get that all set out and squared away. So I think that you're in the right place saying like 2022, we want to do this, but I like that you're not like, we want to do this in the next three weeks because that would be a big undertaking. So I think that as you're kind of going through the next year, yeah, maybe work on saying, what are those segments we want to have? Who are the people that need to be in there that we know would like to be segmented out? And how do we do that? Then I will say too, when I started like really saying, I want to commit to this email list and really grow via email, I did start with just basic newsletters. And I do think that your business in particular, you like you do your Wednesday updates with new implements and listings. So it might be good to like start maybe just once a month, sending out an email that has like upcoming events, or it has a, like, maybe you have a super big sale on a certain day of the month that's bigger than your other weeks. And so maybe for that one, you test the waters and you say, all right, we're going to send an email with this. And maybe you have your five like most popular items, and then you're going to link to your website for those items. So just like you said, it's going to send traffic to your website. It'll get them clicking around and it'll help grow your website traffic. So I do think that that newsletter format, while it's not always the most popular, it does really like help you get established and figuring out how your email works. It helps you identify maybe some of those segments that you need to be narrowing down because then you can look a little deeper into the insights of your email send and say, okay, these people or these email addresses clicked on this link. So maybe that means they're interested in this kind of piece of equipment that can help you narrow down your segment too. But for me, the newsletter just helped me establish consistency and really get into the habit of sending that email because Just like anytime you start a new platform, 
it's going to take you being committed and consistent to get it growing and working for you in the right direction. So I would say that newsletter, it like maybe just have a goal of once per month. That'll help you send traffic to your website. It'll help you start narrowing down those segments. And then as you get those habits established, then you can start adding in other things, like maybe ahead of a big land auction date, you can send reminder emails to anybody who seems like they're interested. You can add opt-ins on your email or to your email list from your website, where if people are interested in specifically um, like a piece of land that you just had come up as listed, then they can get on that email list. And then you're, you've got that segment started and then they're getting any updates and you can send them specific reminders about that piece of land or that um, specific listing as they come up. So I think it is just figuring out like, okay, we're going to get started. This is my focus for the next few months. Start working through those segments as you like have time, work through getting some habits established. I think a newsletter is a really good one to get that going. And then you can kind of, after a couple months, build out from there into specific emails for specific segments, things like that. Perfect. I knew I didn't want to do the Gmail route because I know how much spam's involved in some of that. So yeah, I didn't want to go that route, but I, you know, before I invest in a program, I, I didn't, I need to do some research. I know I do, but I, I do like the newsletter route as well. It makes it easy and simple. The formatting can be the same. And yeah, I think, I think it's something I could actually execute. Well, and yeah, it's something that's going to grow along with you. Like you're not going to hit it. Like you're not going to have a success right out the gates, usually with email, but it's something that you can get some habits established, learn kind of the lay of the land, if you will. And then you'll kind of start seeing, oh, maybe this is where an email would fit. Kind of like you talked about in your social schedule too. And you could say, oh, an email reminder right here would work really well. And then you can start bringing all of those pieces together. So they make sense and like really grow each other from social to email to your in-person dealings. It's all kind of working together. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you coming on and telling us about your social school experience. And I'm excited to see how you guys do with these big sales coming up in December. That's so exciting. It is. It's very exciting. It's uh, yeah, I'm ready for it to be done. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks so much, Mel. Thank you. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well-lived being small-minded. <laughs>